0: You're listening to episode 29 of the Junto podcast. In episode 29, I'm joined by former Delta State quarterback Breck Ruddick. In this episode, we talk about what it means to have strength under pressure, and we discuss an incident that took place in Breck's life while he was still a college quarterback. We hope you enjoy the show, and thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the Junto podcast, and I am with uh, special guest Breck Ruddick, uh, and you're going to learn a little bit about Breck and and why I asked him to be here. Uh, but Breck, before I tell your story, tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about you. I understand one of the things that uh, you know we we go to church together. Obviously, we have a connection, and we, you had an opportunity to tell me some some interesting things. But Breck was a college quarterback at Delta State and had a very very what i would consider nice uh collegiate career a lot of people don't get to experience that so breck tell us a little bit about yourself i wanted to talk uh about you know your experience at delta and then we'll we'll get into some other stuff as well so no absolutely
1: um so uh my name is breckenridge collins rudick i'm originally uh born out of Little Rock. uh my name is based out of colorado wow just a little tidbit of information there um basically uh little kind of backstory my whole life has been basically revolved around sports and um obviously faith as well but um no uh pretty much um growing up I've played every sport I could possibly get involved in as long as it didn't conflict with any other schedules but um very much uh sports related and um yeah, pretty much. That Honestly, I know that sounds very vague, but that has pretty much been my entire uh, upbringing. Um, it's been pretty much just sports and uh, a very strong um, religious background. Dude, um, I
0: I love that. And I, I don't know why I'm just now finding out your full name is Breckenridge. Like, dude, what a strong name. I'm like, my gosh, I think you fit the bill. You look like a Breckenridge. Uh, <laughs> that, that's not a common name, but uh, I think it's very fitting and... uh Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, You know, we talk a little bit about uh, sports, and we did what we call Life Group here at our church. We did that, and we had an opportunity to talk about some fitness and things of that nature. But tell me a little bit about it, because I I, want to talk about the college quarterback experience. And the reason I want to is because, you know, when I think about that, I think there are a lot of leadership principles and a lot of things that we can glean from approaching life from a perspective of pressure you know there there's really in terms of football and I know I know there are some important well every position I guess is important but in terms of that key one you know you always say if you don't have a good quarterback you don't have a team so tell us a little bit about that experience playing college football and what you learned just in terms of life lessons from that
1: absolutely um so I guess in order for me to start about the pressure and the responsibilities that being a college quarterback, um, like what that comes with, I would have to start off with like the recruiting process. Um, So being a quarterback in high school and getting recruited, um, one of the questions that honestly, it doesn't get asked to me, but to my peers is what kind of character does he have? Wow. How does he carry himself? When nobody is looking, wow. Um, so I think because of that alone, and you like obviously, um, a coach comes to your school. He talks to your head coach. Yeah. Um, they kind of relay information about what kind of person you are. This, this, that, and the other. Um, but then obviously, when the when the college coach leaves, your high school coach comes up to you, and he naturally is going to tell you what the coach how that went yeah Yeah. how that went the whole interaction and all that kind of stuff so um you definitely go into from that point on I looked at everything I did um not from my point of view but from somebody else's
0: point of view wow that's powerful Um, goodness
1: so like for instance um I wouldn't So I'm extremely smart. I would not say I applied myself in the classroom as well as (laughs) I should have. Not saying that I was uh, flunking classes or anything like that. But um, basically, after that conversation, it made me consciously think about, okay, I know grades don't necessarily mean everything to me, but it has a direct reflection on my work ethic, my personality, what I value in my life. Goodness. Um, so um, it started right there to let you know, just kind of like the pressure of, you know, maintaining what they would call a certain standard. Absolutely. Um, so it kind of starts with that. Uh, and then fast forwarding, you're at campus. Um, so before the season starts, they give you... Um, what they call uh, preseason goals. And it's not accolades that you earn on the field. It's not about stats that you earn on the field. Right. It's about stuff that you do in the community. Wow. Uh, You know, the relationships that you build outside of football, not just your teammates. Exactly. Um, And then obviously how you carry yourself out in the public eye. Wow. Um, but uh, you know that kind of lays the the ground rules yeah. of how you need to carry yourself. Um, now I will say it's a little bit different for a quarterback than it is a, like a a wide receiver um, because me being a quarterback, you are the one who is going to be out in the public eye the most. That's it. Um, you're going to be talking to the people uh, more than anybody else. You're going to be right. in contact with. Um, like, uh, like the Make a Wish foundations. They usually, I don't. I'm not trying to say this in a bad way, but they usually don't ask for the offensive exactly. lineman or the, or the tight end. They usually <laughs> ask for the quarterback or somebody like the linebacker on defense. Yeah. Somebody that's of high, um, I guess, like popularity. Well, absolutely. And um, so that that's another thing um, on top of it, because you know, you no, know, just you know thinking of that situation in general, you don't wanna make uh yourself look like um you're like above anybody right which right. in that um in that setting in in most settings they do um put you at a higher uh, pedestal than others
0: yeah um, abs- yeah the quarterback is typically you know when you think of the team, the front man—that's yeah, the guy leading the team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the quarterback. Uh, but um, you know, pretty much,
1: it's. If you could think about it, it would be basically the way I would try to explain it is, um, think about how, uh, Jesus had to maintain the perfect image. That's right. Throughout yeah. his entire um, existence, and I it's not to that severity. Right. But it's definitely um, similarities because um, people don't view you as a normal person.
0: Yeah, Um, that's it.
1: Because you are uh, a person that is, you know, talented at that specific sport. Because, I mean, the way I... People tell me all the time like that I'm extremely talented and, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of things that a lot of people can't do. But... I look at you know um Jeff and all the people who play the band. i I can only dream of doing stuff yeah. like that, yeah. so um, right it's it, you know it's just about who, what perspective are you looking at it from? That's
0: it. and you're operating in your wheelhouse, you know that's one thing. And you said some good, good stuff in there. One of the things I, uh, that you said that I think that we can take away, and I think that applies is that you said, I didn't look at myself from my perspective. In other words, you looked at yourself and you had to view yourself the way you wanted other people to view you. I remember I had a job years ago and one of the things they went through this leadership training, they always said, manage the perception. In other words, what you... And it's not that you're putting on a show and it's not that you're being fake or anything like that, but... That ties into what you're saying because you do have to be aware of how other people view you, mm-hmm. you know, and that that can be, when, you know, we're talking about pressure and expectation. Yeah, I know that that there's a flip side of that too because that can be a little bit of a not burden, but it can be hard to live up to that at mm-hmm. times. You no, know absolutely. what I mean? So I really I really like what you said about that, and then I think that's probably eye opening for a lot of people because. When we watch college football or college sports, we don't we don't know what these young men and women have done to get there, like the recruiting process and and how uh, they're dealing with the high school coaches, and then you're you're hoping that you've made a good enough impression with the high school coach that they'll give you a good recommendation to the college. So absolutely, man, strong life lessons uh, for people of any age, but I'm thinking particularly about young people that might might be in that college age that are uh, looking to start their lives and careers. Man, manage that perception. View yourself the way you want others to view you. So, man, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about being in the game itself. You know, <laughs> dude, you, I was in band, so I, that was in high school, though, and I, I didn't finish it all the way through, but I, I know just in high school, like, the hype and stuff. Tell us a little bit about the game itself. How would you prepare for the game, or what, what were some things that you would do to kind of hype yourself up?
1: So, um, before the games, I would always, because I'm a very, um, my motor. When it gets running, it, uh, it's, it's <laughs> up there. You're there, full throttle. <laughs> full throttle, exactly. There, It's, it's zero to 100, yeah. as uh, the saying would be. But um, so, like, before the game, I would do everything in my power to stay as calm as possible. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're thinking about, um, like, certain plays that you've ran in in the practice. Um, you're thinking about the defense, the concepts that they're going to be running against certain plays. Um, just kind of playing it out through playing that out in your head and, um, you know, you always, I know this sounds weird, but you always prepare for something bad to happen because in a game, something is, something bad is always always going to happen. You can bank on it. Wow, dude. Um, so you kind of have to mentally prepare for that and then you have to mentally prepare on my side. All right. When something does go bad, how do I rally the guys together? Wow, because not all the time does the coach what he's saying resonate with the players. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and depending on what he is saying, he might tune every single player out. <laughs> so therefore, it's a, yeah. it's a, you know up to. One of the leaders, not necessarily just a quarterback, but one of the key leaders on the team to, uh, you know, get the guys rallied up and, yeah. you know, come come together and, uh, you know, let's face this obstacle as a, as a team. And, you know, as a team, we can defeat this. Yeah. But as one, we will fall. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, you got to think about how and I mean, more times than not, you're kind of making up situations in your head. Um, because you truly never know what situation is going to happen. Yeah. Um, now, uh, game time starts. I'm like a completely different person.
0: You're there. You're in the zone.
1: I am in the zone. Uh, if I probably couldn't get my eyes as wide as they are like at, on game day. Yeah. But if I could like yeah. do this the entire time, <laughs> that's what it's like. Um,
0: dude, that's
1: funny. Yeah. Uh, it, like that that wild crazy yeah, just, yeah, like a wild man from Borneo look. Yeah. Um but uh <laughs> you get that rage, man. Exactly. Yeah. Um but I will say, um, for me, I always had to get hit. Um I know that sounds weird being a quarterback. They're like, Why would you wanna get hit? Like yeah. that's the last thing a quarterback's supposed to be doing. Right. Um so like I would always ask my my coach, first play of the game, let me run the ball. Let me run it up the middle. Let me get hit by like four or five people. I know that sounds crazy, but that way I can, all right.
0: That wakes you up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Everything kind of slows down because if not, one thing that I found out in my college career is if I don't get hit the first couple drives... I stay at this amped up, yeah, yeah, amped up the entire time. So every decision looks like I'm making it a, a million miles an hour. Every throw right. is coming out like at Mach twelve.
0: Um, so like that's is it? That's it's very interesting. I'm thinking about this from like uh, even a psychological perspective. So what is it? Just the anticipation that you feel like? Well, once I've gotten hit, I know that. Like this has already happened, so I can calm down, or is it like <laughs> what is it behind it? Just so I think it's like a um,
1: a multitude of things. I think one of them is you're so excited, you're so amped up, like ready to play. Yeah. Um. I think part of getting hit, I, it's weird. It kind of brings you back to reality. Gotcha. Kind of like settles you down a little bit. Um, wow. Or like wakes you up. Kind of. Yeah. yeah back to bring you back to reality is more of like the mm-hmm. term that I would use because that's kind of what it seems like. Like you're in the, you get out there, everything's moving a million miles an hour. You get, uh, say it takes like a couple plays for you to get hit. Then you get hit and it's like, everything slows down. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of it is probably, uh, I think the game of football in general, for me, you think of football, you think of contact.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: So I think part of it for me was I felt like I I had to get some type of contact in order to me to feel like I was in the game.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Like actually, not just like a bystander, just like being one of the guys who's just standing, handing the ball off, and I'm just kind of going through the motions. Right. Um, It kind of got me into the game. Like, man. Um,
0: That's a trip. See, you you've entered the mind of a football player. It's because when you're watching the game, you know of course we support the young men and women. I love college football. I think it's more exciting than NFL. But I would agree. You know, but <laughs> just to hear it from this perspective, because to a spectator, obviously it's a game. You're watching your team and you're rooting for them, and you you're hoping they do well but you're not compartmentalizing what each individual player is going through mm-hmm. right like no, you don't know their zone you don't know their ritual pregame ritual you don't know their po- you know their midgame ritual you don't know you know and there are midgame rituals i'm just <laughs> see what i'm saying <laughs> see what i'm saying I'm just... <laughs> like, that's a trip man mm-hmm. but i think that's a lot of life man i always bring it back because this you know this podcast is always done from a perspective of faith so i always i always listen for those principles and you said some real interesting things there too that i think apply just to real life and that is you know even the the concept of being hit in other words i'm thinking about life and how life can deal us wake-up calls sometimes oh absolutely and we might we might be seeing things from one perspective but then you get that that contact you're like okay wait a minute let's Let's take a step back. Let's mm-hmm. you know calculate our thoughts and bring everything back into perspective. So, man, I think that's uh, I think that's awesome. So, is is there anything that stands out in your mind? Maybe a favorite game or a, um, a special? Maybe you just had the game of your life, man. What?
1: So, I you know honestly, I would say my most memorable game um, was when I first got to Delta State. Uh, this was. It was our th- fourth game of the season. Yeah. Fourth game of the season. Because we had a two games and then a bye week, and then it was our, quote, unquote, fourth week. So it was, quote, unquote, our, like, fourth game of the season. Right. But um, so we were playing at a school called West Georgia, and um, if you know anything about, not that I'm expecting you to, but if yeah. you know anything about, like, Delta State and West Georgia, those that's a huge rivalry. It's gone gotcha. back, like, a couple, at least, 10 years wow. as far as since my head coach has been there and they've always kind of gone back and forth on um, who's gonna win and right. then usually whoever wins that game up until well the last like three years since I've been gone um whoever wins that game usually goes on to win the GSC the conference that they're in so it it, it holds a lot of value
0: absolutely yeah um
1: so when I got there Delta state had not beaten West Georgia in four years. Wow. And, um, when I say they were getting blown out, like they were getting embarrassed. Wow. Um, like to the point where, um, my head coach's job was going to be on the line Goodness. that year. Yeah. If we yeah. lost again to, to, to that team, team specifically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, Leading up to that game, we were ranked I wanna say eighth in the country and they were wow. ranked fifth. It was somewhere around there. We yeah. were we were both under the under um the top ten. So um, we go into the game and I've been preparing all week uh for them to play a certain type of uh, stunt. I'm right, not really gonna right. go into great detail about it, but, but you were
0: expecting it. They yeah. So
1: um first first drive of the game it's completely different looks like what i've been seeing on film and what i've been practicing for they're not they're not going together at all yeah, so yeah. Um, you're like
0: man we've prepared for this but they're all be they're way off yeah.
1: exactly so like you go it's like it would basically it would feel like you go like you studied for a test yes like and you really studied not like one of those right. you kind of nah i studied a little bit um no like one of those you spent all week hours studying and then you get to the test and it's like the first question is something you don't recognize and then you go as you go down you're like wait i didn't study we didn't learn this exactly we didn't learn yeah i've never seen
0: this in my life so it's like
1: all right um well, I guess I uh, need to try to decipher this on the fly. Wow. And so, you know, the first, the first series um, was really rough. I'm pretty sure we ended up losing like 20 yards. Wow. Like We did not gain a single yard Yeah. that drive. Um, so we go back to uh, the sideline, and I'm talking about it to my coach. And I'm like, Coach, they're not, they're not giving us the same look. Like, nothing totally is different. the same. Yeah. And he was like, don't worry. Go back out there. Um, We'll just kind of play it by ear and adjust accordingly. Well, (laughs) go back out there again.
0: (laughs) That's not very helpful. Exactly. So
1: we go out there again, and um, it's a read option play. So basically you're reading the defensive end. If he crashes down the line of scrimmage or moves laterally, I pull it and keep it. If he moves upfield, I hand it off. Right. Um, So in this case... uh, he comes up field, so I hand it off. He, my running back, runs up, um, runs through the middle of the, the line of scrimmage, and a uh, defensive end punches the ball out. So one play drive, it's over. Dang. So they get the ball at, like, yeah. the 35-yard line, end up scoring. Um, so that puts us down 7-0. That basically snowballed. And so by halftime, it was twenty-four nothing. Wow! Yeah. And um, the thing about Delta State is fans are a lot like every other fan. <laughs> they're 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 diehards. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they're with you if you're up.
0: But boy, they
1: are not with you if, if you if are you're down. Down. <laughs> they're gonna let you know exactly. Uh, so I mean, you have people. You have your own fans saying, you know. I could play quarterback better oh, than you dude. or this, that, and wow. the other. And you're like, all right, try to not let it, let it phase you. Um, so we go in the locker room. We talk it out, you know, talk about schemes and stuff like that. Come back out, um, kind of make a long story short. We rally off uh, 28 points and in the third quarter. Wow. So we hold them. In the
0: third? In the wow. third.
1: So we score 28 points in the third. And um, – I wouldn't say there was anything spectacular that, uh, that I was doing, like, personally. I was just staying within myself, playing right. within myself, which in sports I feel like you hear that a lot, mm-hmm. playing within yourself. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically just, just giving what the defense gave me and yeah. uh, relying on my, my playmakers to make plays Do and it. stuff yeah. like that. So um, basically, long story short, the reason why that game meant so much to me is because I, after the game, I got a lot of credit for it. Yeah, wow. But one of the things that I took pride about that game and why it's still one of my favorite games to this day is because as a collective group, we came back yeah. as a team. I, it's it's hard, and I know like you see it a lot in sports, comebacks. Yeah. Um, But I don't really think people understand how much togetherness that takes like literally when i say all 11 people need to be working in rhythm at the same time at with the same mission in mind
0: unified mm -hmm, absolutely
1: Mm, man it it truly does mm, i mean it it makes a huge difference um it makes a, a a 24 point lead look like yeah just one touchdown
0: well it it is crazy because and this is exactly why i wanted to have you on i think there are so many life lessons you can glean from football you know for one the the teamwork and i've been on a team where you know everybody is operating on all cylinders like you feel it you feel the energy you know that everybody's gelling you're being productive and man that is a good feeling Mm -hmm. and it is. Did y'all win, by the way? We did. Okay.
1: So, no, no, that's that's actually why it was one of my favorite yeah, games yeah, is because yeah. it was one of the times, um, kind of add a little bit of backstory to that, um, that team, so like I was, so that was the year that I went to Delta State. Right. Um, in that year, we had, I don't want to exaggerate, but I really do believe it was around 28 to 30 32 transfers.
0: Wow. Out of or into? In two, oh, into. into. Wow. So,
1: when I say we've spent Not very much. three months with each other? Yeah. prior to playing? And, and the thing about, um, like, preseason, fall camp, stuff like that in right. sports, you go against each other a lot. Wow. So, um, like I, I know people see it all the time, but like fights in practice. That happen. Fall camp, there's a fight every day. I don't <laughs> care what university you're at, it it is happening. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a hundred in the Delta, yeah. it's hundred and twelve <laughs> minimum. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's, you know, eighty percent humidity. Good yeah. And yeah. people are just, you know, constantly hitting each other hitting each other hitting each other and i mean nobody enjoys getting hit it would be basically the equivalent if somebody was constantly like punching you in the side yeah and you were like all right stop like it's really starting to to get to me now and then like you know (laughs) you're getting madder (laughs) and madder
0: each time like it's
1: like yeah but like in normal circumstances you wouldn't be doing that in the first place but it's because of like the setting that you're in right oh you're going to keep hitting each other like yeah. it's an inevitable situation Jeez. that is going to keep happening so it's you are going to see conflict every day but like the reason why i say that is i've seen it to where that has destroyed teams
0: yeah wow and
1: where it has made teams stronger yeah yeah um that year specifically was probably one of the most fights we've ever had in a fall camp. But we were that team, and I'm not saying that um, this was like the key factor, but that team specifically was very uh, Christ-based. Oh, wow. Awesome. It was, um, we prayed every day before we walked out on the field, and we prayed every day before we walked off the field. That's awesome. Um, We didn't just... We didn't just, we didn't do it just so people could see us. Yes. It was an actual, that was our decision. That yes. was our, our idea. Right. Um, at first, it was probably just to help unify some of the guys, mm-hmm. but you could tell by the end of camp that everybody was genuinely not, not. We weren't praying for practice. That's yeah. not like what we're praying for. We're praying f- for like our 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 family members back home not wow. ours specifically but our teammates exactly um you know really investing in just not just them personally but everything about them Man. their background that where they came from exactly because you have to think about it everybody's coming in from a different every yeah. everybody's coming in from a different state different town um everybody's away from home yeah i mean there might be a few people that are from the actual like Town like right. where the university is, but everybody's away from home. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, I'm saying everybody deals with it, but it's not it's not rare to hear somebody struggling back at home. Oh man! And then watching it have that effect on our teammates, y- which you know it, which really turned into our brother. Yeah. because um, you know when you I don't know, I mean I know y'all know this, but like it's just like with church. The more you, uh, the more you pray with each other. The more you get to know each other. On, the more dude. you feel, it's not more like friendship. It's more like family. It, it, it's just an extended part of your family. And
0: that's why we even say church family. You mm-hmm. know, um, and man, that's that's a an awesome testimony. You know, everything we do around here is from a perspective of faith. But man, I think that is so important for young people. And the fact that you guys did it on your own accord i know you weren't looking for recognition and that's the thing i know sometimes a lot of people can scoff at that idea thinking it's for attention it's not man it's it's when you when you're in christ it is a genuine relationship and the fact that you guys were pulling together as a team and doing that i mean there's no question that it had an impact on that season on that group of individuals and Man, when you're flowing out of that, even if there's conflict, you know that there's still love there. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. you might get mad, and you might you might have an argument, or, but deep down, you know, okay, that's my brother. You know, that's my boy. Mm-hmm. I got him, and uh, no matter what it is, and that changes everything. You know, it reminds me of the covenant relationship. You know, even, even on staff around here, uh, that's how we... Pr- that's our perspective. We may not always agree on everything, but we know we got each other's backs no Absolutely. matter what. So man, again, another life lesson for football, which is why I thought it was really uh, important to have you on. And let's talk about if you want to, you had, you had a, an incident surrounding football. Uh, that when you first told me about it, like I, I, <laughs> I was a It took me a while to process, and I was like, man, that is crazy that happened to him. But
1: it's still crazy to think about at times just because now it's been so long, uh, but yet still holds so much power. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I know when I talked about it at Life Group, I got really emotional. And I remember going home and thinking, I've told that story. Yeah. Thousands of times, thousands, literally yeah. thousands, and I've I've never had it affect me, wow, like that. Goodness. Um, and I, I, like, I still don't necessarily know why it affected me that way, um, but for kind of got got sidetracked. Yeah, but, um, No I no, but yeah i i I don't really I don't really know why it affected me that way because I've talked about it a thousand times, yeah, literally.
0: well, and sometimes things that are like dear to us or maybe we don't even know how much they've affected us, even if we've talked about it, you know maybe, maybe it just is presented in a new light, or we really have a revelation of, man, this thing really did cause me a little bit more trauma than I thought, but if if you're okay talking about it, Breck. No, uh, so you, well, I want to let you tell the story, but I just want to real quick from what I remember. Long story short, and I want you to give the details. You, uh, you were house sitting. Well, just tell about tell us about the dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell us about the dog.
1: Um, so the the dog's name is Luca. Um, it was an Australian Shepherd, extremely sweet. Yeah. uh extremely playful to me that's just, it's it was your typical australian shepherd yeah. um and this was your neighbor's dog my neighbor's Got dog you. uh so i lived in a um a studio apartment at the time and uh the woman living next to me um was a nursing student right. and uh i noticed she was always gone and like i've told like i said earlier um, in the life group, I, I've been around dogs my entire life. Right. Love them. Um, anytime I can ever be around one, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I just noticed that she was gone all the time. So I just, I offered, um, that I would dog, if I could dog sit, she said yes. Wow. Everything was fine. Um, I think that started in, uh, like May or June or July, like when I moved into the place. Gotcha. Um, Can't remember exactly when it happened, but so you know, like three months go by, three, four months go well, yeah, three. (laughs) (laughs) Three months go by, and um I've built a relationship with this dog that I'm not gonna say the dog was more so mine than it was hers, because it was very much her dog. But I had taken part ownership of just because I had grown attachment to it. But um uh so one night, um, it was on a Sunday, uh, I'm sitting there watching TV on my couch and Luca is, um, asleep on my bed. Um, no big deal. Uh, he's done it a million times. Exactly. Um, so it was around 11 o'clock and I was getting re- Like I was getting sleepy, so I'm getting ready for bed and, uh. So I got to stick my hands under him. I didn't want to move him off the bed. I just wanted to kind of scoot him exactly. over. Because um, he was sitting or he was sleeping on my spot in the bed. I know that sounds kind of weird. Yeah, but, no, um, I get it. Uh, so I just barely get my hands under him. And like I said, I don't know if I, I still don't know this day if I startled him, uh, made him mad um, or like what it was. But uh, when I stuck my hands under him, he woke up. Uh, and immediately latched onto my hand. That's so wild, man. It is. Mm. Um, So, um, I'm about to say all this like it was going very slowly, but it it was processed like that. Um, So, I see him biting my hand, and so my first initial reaction uh, was to punch him in the side of the head. And so, when I punch him in the side of the head, um, it... Fazed him like very minuscule like you yeah. could tell like it really didn't even he probably really didn't even feel it right. it was more of like the momentum that kind of caught him off guard exactly um so uh, i hit him once and he starts <clears throat> he starts to pull away so i can i can't see through my hand at this point but i can see that it's starting to rip Wow. Um, so I punch him again. This time it's more towards the jaw area. And when I hit him, he kind of stumbles a little bit, but is still very much locked onto my Dude, hand. That is wild. Um, so at I punch him the second time. He, he's still locked on, but now he starts shaking. So now he's actually ripping my hand more to where I can actually kind of see through it. Um... So I punch him again in the same spot, and that's where uh, I ended up breaking his jaw, which is the only reason why he let go: He let go. Right. Um, but like I was saying, as soon as it happened, as soon as my hand got dislodged from his mouth and he was away, we both looked at each other with this oh, what, ju-
0: what just happened? Uh,
1: <laughs> that we we didn't we didn't see that coming yeah. um so even though my hand is bleeding not saying this to make myself sound like a hero cuz y'all know it it gets uh <laughs> it gets messy near the end but um so instead of wrapping up my hand I go grab the towel cuz I'm seeing him with a broken jaw and I'm thinking all right that's got to get fixed like that's wow. that's got to get put back in place I can't just have it hanging all over the place. Yeah. So um grab a towel and I stick it through his mouth and then around just to hold it in place. And I say this um, just to kind of solidify that we both knew that this was a mistake. Right. He was allowing me, after I just punched him in the mouth and yeah. broke his jaw, he was allowing me to put a towel through his mouth exactly. and secure it. And I know it was hurting him for me to do that. Like I know because there's just the yeah. Um, So I I get that taken care of. I tie it so it's not going to come loose or anything like that. Um, At this point in time, I have I have flip flops on. I do not have my phone, but I have my uh, my my keys. Um, So I go downstairs. Or my bad, I don't have my keys. So I go downstairs. I have them on a leash. Um, get down there, realize I don't have my keys or my phone. So I wrap him around a tree just so I can go back upstairs. Um, because I lived three stories up, I wasn't right. trying to bring him back upstairs, exactly. bring him back down, um, all with a wrapped jaw. Wrap draw. Yeah. Um, so I go upstairs, I run up there, grab my phone, grab my keys, run down. As I'm walking towards the tree... He sees me and runs towards the tree to meet me at the tree. Well, me not thinking clearly at this point in time, uh, I had a retractable leash on him. Mm -hmm. When he got towards the tree, I had locked it out. So the slack had loosened up. So he was able to run around the tree. It ends up uh, closing like it unlocks. Unlocks goes, wraps around Um, the tree, or unravels around the tree and slaps him on the butt. And he is gone. Takes off. And I look... As if
0: it couldn't get any worse. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: And I look down because I'm about to take off and I look down and I'm like what a terrible time to be wearing (laughs) flip-flops. Right. What a literal terrible time to be wearing flip-flops. So I do run after him for like a quick second, but then, you know, logically I come back to reality and I'm like, barefoot or not, I'm not catching this dog. (laughs) So um, at this point, it's like closer to 12, closer to midnight. Wow, dude. And um, so he takes off and he is mainly black. Like he, mm-hmm. he was a mainly black coated dog. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of white on his face with brown and like blonde and a little bit of white and brown and blonde on his chest and just kind of like scattered. Um, so it was extremely hard to see him at night, period, even when he was only yeah. 15 feet away. Absolutely. Um, so I get in my truck, I start driving and I drive around till 430 looking for him and I cannot find him at all. Um, and I've done this twice now, even when I told you in life group, I I, backed, I went over it. I did let the owner know right away Yeah. Um, what had happened. Full, I did not hold anything out. I was very upfront, told her that the dog bit me. It wasn't intentional, um, but the dog wouldn't let go, so I ended up punching it. I even disclosed, I didn't know exactly what all was wrong. I just know the dog had had a, had a broken jaw. So I did say that. Um, So, uh, I send that text out like not long after it happens um, because I was telling her that I was going to the the hospital. Um, So I stay out till 4.30 and I look down at my watch and I'm like, now why I was thinking about this, I have no idea. Um, But I was like, oh, wow, I have workouts in an hour and a half. And I'm like, looking at it now, I'm like, break workouts are not serious. Like wow. in that in that whole situation, uh the bigger picture here is uh there's a incident that needed to be handled and the, the number one, the dog needed to be found. Um, wow. so You stayed up all night looking
0: for the dog. Literally. Wow man.
1: Uh so I ended up going to workouts. They stitch up my hand um
0: at workouts. You at, never went to the hospital.
1: <laughs> at workouts. <laughs> um You know what's funny, and I I didn't say this, but the reason why I didn't go to the hospital is because I didn't want um, my coach finding out about it because I knew my athletic director... I mean, not my athletic director, my athletic trainer, he was going to keep it between me and him. Right. And because it wasn't my throwing hand, it's not important for anybody to really know about. I can just throw a glove on and nobody knows the difference. Um, So... uh, Monday rolls around. I go to workouts. I come back from workouts around like 8:30. Yeah. And I still have not heard seen anything from the dog. So I go back out look again and I was out for like roughly 2 hours and I got a call um from the vet saying that they had picked the uh, picked the dog up. How did they have your number? So they got it from uh, the the owner of the dog. Oh, really? Exactly. It was wow, that's it was,
0: wild. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, uh, because I was the last person to be around the dog, I was the one who I was second in line to know exactly. about it. Um, but when the dog gets to the vet, she calls me and is like. What did you do to my dog? Like you, you you said all you did was break his jaw. You did way more than that. You had to have hit him with something other than your hand. And I was like, "No. No. I I what I said last night, I get it. I I was you know, freaking out, but that was exactly everything that happened. Exactly. Um so um, practice that week we go to play to can. we go play Kansas State that weekend um, so go throughout the whole week I, I I do tell the owner of the dog that I will voluntarily pay for the vet bills no matter how much it costs because I felt bad I, right. I even to this day I do I still feel bad because it's not like the dog was doing anything malicious or in
0: Intentionally, well, and you weren't either, though. You were simply trying to get the dog off of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you were hitting the dog just to hit it. No, you know exactly. It's just
1: for, i don't know—as uh, as emotional as people are about their animals. Yeah, I I can relate uh, to an extent, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, you just. You don't want to see an animal hurting. You don't want to see an animal injured. I, I mean, I feel like that just that's just not something people yeah. necessarily want to see no matter what their uh, moral code is. I I just think uh, uh hurting something in general yeah. usually isn't a something that a lot of people are into. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, hunting is a little bit different, but just like watching an animal get beat yeah. is rough. It is. Um and so, like, that, even though I know it wasn't malicious or anything like that, it still... I still feel bad. Absolutely. Um, just because, like, I know the dog didn't deserve that. Yeah. Um. But, so, uh, like I said, I had volunteered to pay the vet bill, and um, everything was fine um, up until the Friday when I paid the last vet bill. Uh, so... She had kind of been toying with me the the that week about how she was gonna take it to the media um, and all of that. And I didn't, I wasn't saying this because of, because I was a football player. I wasn't, because I don't want people to, like when they're hearing this, I don't want them to think like that. Um, it wasn't because of me being a football player uh, that I didn't want it to be known. Um, it, it was because the way she was wording it, she was wording it in order for me to get in the most trouble as possible. Right. So I was just asking her, please, don't, don't do this to me because it's not like what I did was I, I didn't do that on purpose. I yeah. didn't just see the dog and was like, all right, I'm just gonna lay into it. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then on top of that, like I said at life group. I had I just I had worked so hard to get where I was at. Yeah. And it, it's it meant so much to me at that point in time because I felt like and I told y'all this then football was the only thing that I like I felt like that was my only identity yeah. in life. Like wow. Um like yes I had a I had I had faith in like yes I was smart and I, I was successful in other things, but when people ask me like what I did, I play football. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not Breck Ruddick, the guy who goes to college to be a, a physical therapist, or I'm not the the guy who I'm not Breck Ruddick who's trying to be a pilot. Yeah, like like Bailey in Life Yeah. Group. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like that's just. I, I strictly identified myself as a football player. Correct? Yeah. The football player. And um basically because that had been my dream my entire life is why I felt like that I that's why I felt like th- football was my identity. Yeah. Um so like I was just saying that basically is just please don't take this away from me because yeah. I've worked so hard to get where I've at where like, where I'm at. I'm finally because um, like I told y'all, I started as a true freshman but then got hurt. That was my that was my actual like real freshman, you know, kind of sin. Yeah, like that was my my kind of claim to fame if I was gonna have it. Um and I just felt like I deserved it. Like I, I felt like I didn't deserve to have that incident overshadow all that I had worked for. Yeah. Um
0: but did she end up so, she ended up...
1: So, she actually did not. What she did, because here's the here's the deal about it, which I still, um, I could have, but I didn't. Um, so, she knew if she posted the post about me, which said what it said, um, that she would have been directly responsible for the slander and defamation of character. Yeah. Um... And she knew that. Exactly. Now, whether she wanted to admit that publicly, she hasn't. But there's only one, in my mind, there's only one reason why you do that. Um, So she actually had one of her friends uh, make the Facebook post. Um, So she tells me that she's not going to make a Facebook post and this, that, and the other. And so Friday comes and I pay the final uh, bill. Not even two minutes after I pay the bill, we leave to drive to Manhattan, Kansas, which is a four and a half hour drive from Springfield. In the in the four and a half hours that I was on the bus, I watched that Facebook post get shared over one hundred and fifty thousand times. Wow! And
0: so painting I'm- you basically as an animal. A dog abuser or something, right?
1: So it basically started off. The I mean, I don't remember exactly what all it said, but it basically started off as. um, First of all, the guy's name is Breck Ruddick. He's six foot four, weighs two hundred and twenty-five pounds, plays college football. So you know, you're just you're painting a picture for a a big human being, a big, yeah, strong human being. Because if you hear a football player, you don't think yeah skinny as a twig yeah i mean as skinny as i am i was still considered big yeah or not maybe big but strong like i I, i looked strong um so that didn't help everybody just immediately jumps on football players having anger issues and then that directly correlating into doing what i did wow um so this went viral basically, like in a matter of in a matter hours, of, mm-hmm. and and so I'm sitting there watching it blow up, and honestly, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like right. I honestly cannot believe that this is getting the attention that it's getting. Exactly, I'm like, exactly, dude. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't mean this in a bad way, but I mean. People are actually falling for this. Yeah, yeah. like, cause like I'm watching people share it, and some of the people that were sharing were people that I knew, not from college, from back home, like here. So it's like, I know you know what kind of person I am. So why are you?
0: That hurts.
1: Yeah. Um. So you know that kind of takes you back and make you think. Well, man, how really? And I didn't say this in life group but it makes you think like how was I carrying myself mm. back in the day like did I did I carry myself in such a way that people perceived me as you know someone who yeah. short to like quick to anger short temper yeah. um very irrational with decision making Man. stuff like that um and then on top of that just you know having anger issues yeah um which I will say I probably had anger issues when I was younger, but it was more like (laughs) me just being disciplined
0: as a kid. Uh, But man, God, that's, I know that had to hurt, you know, to be, and and we don't, you know, I want to, I would love to recap every detail, but dude. Just what you've been through, I can't imagine, and to see something, you know, you want to go viral, but it, when you do, you <laughs> yeah. don't want it to be for something that, A, is not painted in the right way, that's not all the way true. Very true. And, you know, that happened to you, and you had to carry that, and I know that's something that God is, you know, walking, He's still uh, providing healing for you on that, Because and in, in I hope, you know, maybe somebody that's out there is going to listen to this, maybe you have been that person that's been a lied on or painted in a, a inaccurate light. And it does happen to, to all of us at some point, but it may not be on this degree. And when you told us this in live group, I was kind of, I could not believe. Didn't you say that even PETA was like at one of your games? So
1: the Kansas State game, because um, that was actually the last game that I ever um that's the last game I ever dressed up for Missouri State. That's the last game I ever stepped on a field wow. f- with Missouri State. Uh, but um, at halftime, PETA had put up a infomercial or however they want to call it, like on the billboard, um, basically bashing me uh, about, you know, you know nothing has been filed on me yet, but yes. PETA has already labeled me as an animal exactly. abuser exactly um That's which crazy, man uh you know blew my mind well, but yeah. um yeah, that entire game people were were yelling um various and sundry of things at me referencing to um Animals, just in general, not just dogs, but how I didn't, how, how I probably let my dogs back at home. uh, Oh, goodness. Yeah, it, um, yeah, never mind. Um, right. It, it got, it got pretty nasty and it got pretty personal. Um, I will say that, but PETA did get involved at at the Kansas State game. Um,
0: but yeah. Man, that was, we're, uh, we're super sorry you had to go through that and, uh, you know i i i don't want to make you relive that but but i know that i know that god has and will continue through this story no, to, to help people and that's why i wanted to kind of sh- share this is that maybe maybe you're that person and if this can encourage you um I, I wish i had time to to go into everything but i can't imagine what you went through and um uh, just thank God you're on the other side of that now, though. No, you absolutely. Know, and and uh, that God brought you through that. Um, when you first told me that, like I said, we were all just, and it hurts, you know, when when a friend tells you that they were done that way, and for something to go viral, but. Again, we wanted to encourage you, Breck. I appreciate your time today, man. No, no problem. You know, uh, we talked about football and some leadership and and applying those life lessons to, and then <laughs> the incident of uh, that happened. But if we if we can learn anything through this, it's man, trust God through it. Oh, absolutely. You know, persevere, uh, and we may not always in uh, the moment when we feel like we're in the middle of the turmoil. We may not understand that, but we have to trust that God is going to get us through it. So awesome stuff, man. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to episode 29 of the Junto podcast. Be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time on episode 30.